Yo, 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 yo. Welcome, welcome, welcome to your favorite local podcast, Long-Winded and Gifted. (laughs) You see, I'm speaking that thing into existence. This is Tamiya. I am your host for today. I hope the day has served you well. And if you've listened to enough of my podcast, and if you listen to this one now, I say the day has served you well because you're breathing, you're up, you're moving, you're getting something that somebody didn't get today. So top of the top, people, I hope your day is gets better because it already was good when you woke up. But I hope it gets better and you you take in all positivity. So with that being said, I'm going to shift the positivity <laughs> to a neutral ground. And that is cheating, right? Cheating seems to be like a bad word, I think, in relationships. Like when people hear cheating, it's like, ee, 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 right? Because I believe uh, society has taught us that mindset, right? But I'm here to sort of offer you a different perspective on a situation um, that I feel like isn't otherwise offered. So, and, and I believe this particular perspective and mindset has got me 15 years later of a successful, happy marriage. And I know that can that may be sort of redundant over the course of my podcast and my episodes that I speak about my relationship. But I think that we sort of forget to sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, celebrate those wins and those victories and those happy things. We could talk about negativity all day and, and won't ever get tired of that. But I want to start sort of getting your mindset trained to speak in positive. I am happily married and I want you to know about it, damn it. Hey, don't judge me. Okay. <laughs> so um I think that yeah, we get these sort of ideas and ideals from society that say cheating is bad. It's unacceptable. And it's something that's not tolerated. Now, I don't disagree with that logic um, in, in that stance that it is not acceptable. However, what if we saw a different perspective on it and we came about it in a different way? So, yes, cheating is unacceptable. Right. But if I always say um, you have to sort of check inventory on a situation when I approach situations, for the most part, I check inventory. And uh, what that means is that say you have, so you have a checklist, right, of 10 things. And if your partner meets eight out of those 10 things, then is a situation really that bad as you think? If you go down the list and say, well, they do this, 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 and the third, okay, and they don't do two things. And does those two things outweigh the other eight things that are on the list? So um, I say all that to say um, that tide is better than game. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so I say all that to say that if this person meets most of the checklist, right? Why then? Because I, the next step in what society teaches us is that a cheating is unacceptable. You should leave your partner. That That's what's being sold. That's what's being told. I'm sorry, that ringing in the background. But um, that's what's being sort of sold, right? That you leave your partner, you don't stick around for them to do it again. You're so hurt that you should leave. So let's run with that logic, right? Let's let's run with that theory that you do that. 
But keeping in mind, you've done your inventory, right? If you've done your inventory and this person meets eight of the nine, of the ten things, why then should you leave your partner because they cheated? Because society says so. I think it the perspective I want you to adopt, especially if cheating is a sore subject for you, I want you to adopt this sort of thought and just entertain it maybe. If this per- if you left that person, what is that based on? Is that based on what society tell you or is that based on what you tell you, right? Because we're our own best judgment. So if you feel like, well, damn, he cheated. And again, referencing this checklist, he cheated. But the good far outweighs the bad. And society tells me that I should be mad, but I'm really not that mad. Then why? Why would you leave your partner? I I just want to like leave you with that. I want y'all to, you know, like country one would say, let that sizzle in your spirit. If that person is overall a good person and they made a mistake, like like most men do i'm gonna i'm gonna put emphasis on men at this point i know all there's cheaters of all kinds you know uh out there but i think men in particular um are the top culprits right and sometimes they just cheat because they stupid point blank period they don't even know why they cheat sometimes they just stumble into it and and they got egos. Their ego so small, and it just it just likes to be stroked. And if you get a woman who is doing not even something that you're not doing, sometimes maybe it's just what you ain't doing at the moment, and they need that continued stroking. And so then they go and they seek it elsewhere. And then these women is bold these days, right? So it, it's a situation to where they just find themselves in these situations. And again, I'm not saying it's okay, but if he's overall a good catch or she's overall a good catch, but just found herself in a situation, why are we letting society base our relationships? For instance, I always use this reference and analogy. It's Keisha Cole, right? I never really liked Homegirl anyway. Uh, I just want to put that out there anyway. Um, But... Uh, this has nothing to do with <laughs> what I'm about to say. But anyhow, you have Keisha Cole, right? And her and Booby Gibson was together or whatever, right? And she had finally found her love. Now, if you've been a um, fan of Keisha Cole, as long as I have been and from the very beginning, especially being from the Bay Area. <laughs> so I knew, you know, I've kn- I've followed Keisha's Cole career, her entire career from the very beginning. That's probably like one artist I can say I saw get it in from the from the mud. You get what I'm saying? So from the beginning, I remember Keisha Cole, like when she came out and and was out there, right? And was so she was so hard. She came off like so hard, so um just tough. And then as we later on learned throughout her career and then through her reality show, the struggles that her family endured and her, you know, mom's drug addiction and things like that, that that sort of gave us a a um a, a painting of why she was so hard up, right? Now, 
so that kind of gave you an idea. And then so she started to soften up. And then we started to see a different side of her, too, once she came into relationship with Booby. Right. So she with him. All is well. And from what I'm understanding, he cheated. And for a person like that, who's already has emotional baggage. Right. She has emotional baggage. And she I, this is what I believe. I believe that she may have not really wanted to divorce Booby, but from her own experience, for one, that, oh, I've been hurt. Ain't no, ain't no, ain't no nigga going to get over on me. This, that, third, and the fourth, right? And so this is how her mindset went. And then in addition to that, she's in this limelight. And so now she got to make a move. I feel like that's what society does to these relationships. Now it's all on the forefront. Everybody know. Now I have to make a decision, but I'm not making this decision wholly in part on what I feel. I'm making this decision on what I should do or what society says I should do. And society says it's not acceptable. I got to go. Now. I so she leaves booby, right? Later on, she gets with Birdman. And those of you that know the story. Right. She gets with Birdman. And what is what happens there? He cheats. (laughs) You left somebody. Not because in whole, I think you wanted to leave him yourself. I believe that cultural influence got to you and you said, no, ain't ain't no ain't no nigga going to get over on me. So that's the mindset that she took. This is just me personally. This is, I, I don't know, but rock with me here. So she goes and does that, right? And she leaves Booby because he cheated, only to get with Birdman, who also cheated. So if we go off of the norm, and that is the, time, the, the expectation that society puts on us, that See, he cheated. You need to leave. You got to go. Well, then you leave again. Let's run with that theory. You leave and you go and then you get with the next man who also cheats. So was it really worth leaving the other person? Because they cheated. Like, what is it that people feel is so uh, egregious, if you will, that about cheating that they should leave their partner especially if their partner is good and again I'm not condoning this again I'm not saying a a habitual cheater I'm not saying that but I think what we have to do is that we have to start taking our own inventory and find our own ceiling our own non-negotiable as to what we will accept not what society says that we should accept, not what society says we should do in these relationships, because we're giving up good relationships over foolish shit. Truth for the matter is that's just what I think. So we're giving up. She gave up the situation with Booby, which I think is overall was good to only be put back in the same situation, because guess what? Men cheat. And so she seemed to be in a happy relationship now. With that that young guy, but um, I just feel like there could have been some reconciliation between her and Booby if her mindset would have been different. So, and then like even if you look at Ti and Tiny, like it's a situation 
to where um I, I feel like that situation may be like a little different actually with T.I. and Tiny because um that kind of goes to a whole nother realm of cheating to where the cheating I feel like with T.I. and Tiny, Tiny was okay with it and it was levels to it. You know what I'm saying? Like but what really started getting under her skin was that it was again, it was out in the open. And so then she it required her to take some action. But I think they really had some kind of understanding. And I think what really deters like us from having as women having forgiveness for men when they cheat is the way that they go about it, like the way that they go about it. So. I feel like. Some men. When they cheat, like they go, some of these men go against the G code. Like you go and you falling in love with the side chick. You having whole ass babies with the side chick. You spending money with the side chick. No, that, that ain't how that's supposed to go. Because you, you have, you have your main and You can't be doing none of all that. That's why we won't ever be comfortable. And most people won't adopt the mindset that I described earlier that, okay, he cheated. But what does that mean? Now, again, I'm not saying it's okay, But to me, I think it's just it's uh, it's levels to it. Like I have non-negotiables. Like one thing I won't tolerate and won't be forgiven is having an outside baby. I'm not explaining to my kids where this baby coming from or who this person is or whatever. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's going to be a non-negotiable for me. Will I leave my husband because he cheat? Nah, probably not. You get what I'm saying? So I think that's what we have to start doing. We have to start getting real with ourselves when it comes to certain situations, too. Like me, I'm not leaving because he cheat. It's it's just straight up because I know who I am. I know what we got and I know who he is. Will it just be a situation where it's like, oh, you cheated. It's all good. Now nah, we're going to have a conversation about it. But to me, it, 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 I'm, not, I'm not leaving you because you cheat. So I say all that to say, again, tight is better than game. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, listen, you, one thing you just going to learn about me, when I tell a story, I got to go like the roundabout way. Like I can't just go, yeah, I went to the store and I saw so-and-so. I got to say, yeah, man, I went to the store because, you know, I it was late because Corey, he got in late. And so I had to wait for him to get in to, to watch the kids. And then I left. And then guess who I say I was at the store? Like, I'm sorry. That's just how it is. Again, the tidy, the title of this thing becomes so fitting. Right. I'm getting to something here. You just got to rock with me for a little bit. So, again, when it comes to cheating. Right. I'm going to wrap this up. When it comes to cheating. For one, it's a couple things I think that we have to take into account when we are processing cheating in our relationships. Uh, One, we want to do a checklist. Let's do a checklist and determine where that person is on the checklist. Do inventory. Do they have most of those boxes checked that you feel is good for the relationship? So do inventory. That's what we want to do first. Right. And then we want to check it against the the act of cheating. Like I said, the level of cheating. Right. Because it has that's the thing. It has to have some levels to this thing. Right. 
Like I said, my non-negotiable is no babies. So after you do your inventory and your checklist, then you want to determine, okay, what, where does this fall in my non-negotiable? Right? So again, if we talking about me, no baby. So if he just was out, took a chick out and, and they ate or they hung out a couple of times. Yeah. That's not on my, that's not on my non-negotiable. Okay. So yeah, we good. We're not good, but we good. You get what I'm saying? So that doesn't, it doesn't completely, um, it, it just won't let, it won't let me give up my 15 year union. You get what I'm saying? So after we check an inventory and we check it against our non-negotiable list, we have to determine what happens next, but not what society thinks that we should have happen next, which is to leave the partner. I think we really have to start exploring reconciliation first. So when we get in these situations, try to reconcile. And I think that when you reconcile, right, again, there will be guidelines because now there's been this act that does require action, but let it suit y'all. That's why that's why I really do love T.I. and Tiny overall, because they yeah, they had they 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 differences and whatever went out. And I think she made the moves because she was required or felt like she was required to make a move and take action. But at the end of the day, they like, man, forget all that. We rocking. We rocking tough. I don't care what's going on. That's that's cool. But we going to rock tough. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I know I went around a long way around it. I'm so sorry. Like I said, I'm a work in progress. Um, and I know that I'm long winded. You know, that's why I titled this thing just that. And I feel like it's so fitting because, yeah, I can talk. But um, I really hope that you're getting out of it what I intend for you to get out of it, which is uh, more of this story. Man, don't don't lose your union over some punk shit. Straight like that. For real. It, I feel like cheating has to become a situation to where we are not throwing away relationships over something that just happened sometime. It just happened. So I know, I already know. Ooh, I already know. Just gonna ruffle some feathers. And not a lot of you are gonna agree with me, but don't knock it till you try it. Don't knock until you try it. And your next relationship, or if you're in a current relationship and they cheat, or hell, maybe you just was cheated on. Try to try to try to look at it from that perspective and and determine what it is you feel is best. So, I you know, uh it it, it that was a long one, but I'm gonna pay a few bills and check on my baby. And I'm going to get at you in a second. Yo, yo, welcome back to Long Winded and Gifted. Ooh, just had to take a breather after that last segment. I know it's probably a lot to take in, you all. Um, again, I apologize for... No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I'm not even going to say that. I don't apologize for being long-winded because, again, that's a part of my gift. So, 
Um, sorry if it was hard for you to keep up <laughs> with all that I was saying, but I really hope that um, you, like I said, you got something from it. Um, so I'm going to piggyback off of that, though, um, and sort of offer some additional advice, marriage relationship advice to help foster sort of healthier relationships. Um, I think that in a marriage, I think it's a given, right, that we should be able to communicate and communicate properly. But we all have different communication styles. Um, so it's very hard to get on one level. Um, even <laughs> even with me and my husband being together as long as we've been together, um, we, yeah, we still have our challenges, you know. It's a lot, like, more few and far between. We don't really argue. We kind of just talk about it and let it go like we don't really harp on um a lot of stuff like it's just kind of like oh yeah oh yeah you felt that way cool all right I don't agree oh all right so cool all right cool man let's watch the resident you know what I'm saying like we really we really don't harp on things because it's, it's just a waste of time like and time is just not our friend so we ain't got time to waste so um I think that um, it's two things I want to just try to get you to understand when you're communicating with your spouse that I feel has been very beneficial to me and my husband's union. So one thing I noticed um, at some point in our relationship, I was just trying to be right. I didn't care what he had to say. I didn't care. I just didn't care. Like, I just wanted to be right. So, like, this is how you know somebody ain't listening to you. For one, when you're going to interject, like, they interject immediately. So you're talking and they're like, uh, you're like, uh-uh, no, that ain't woo woo. You wasn't even listening. Because you got to be able to process totally what the person is saying. So I think we have to start really listening for under, to, uh, understanding. Not to reply. Not to have a rebuttal. Not to win the conversation or the argument, but really listen to what they have to say. Now, sometimes you're going to listen to what they have to say and you be like, that don't even make no damn sense. What you talking about? Right. But even if it don't make any sense, you just agree to disagree even. And yes, believe it or not, it's possible. And even in, in heated arguments and heated conversation, you know, you have to really start listening for understanding and, um, this goes both ways. I'm not just talking about male to uh, like uh, listening to the male. I'm talking about males listening to us females and females that's listening to males and really listening to what they have to say. Because um, the breakdown of communication, it is really, it's a recipe for disaster. It's in, in fact, you have uh, a bad recipe because say you got a pie, right? You're making a pie and you need flour you need eggs, you need milk, and then you need like, uh, hell, what? I don't know. Uh, vanilla extract or something, right? And this particular rec recipe calls for all four of those things. But if you don't have eggs, <laughs> you won't have a cake or a pie, whatever you want to look at it, right? So just imagine the pie cut into fours or quarters or whatever, right? So if you don't have eggs, your pie won't be whole. Right. So then you keep your eggs. And, but if you don't have flour, again, your pie is not whole. So you have to look at 
communication kind of the same way. Like if you don't have communication, you don't have a whole kind of relationship. If you don't have intimacy, you don't really have a whole pie. You know what I'm saying? Whenever something missing from that pie, then it doesn't make it whole. So we really have to start working on our communication and how because communication really goes across the board. It is something really that completes most of the pie. But if it's kind of all equal, though, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, communication is equivalent to intimacy. Uh, Intimacy is equivalent to spending time like all of those things have to be in place in order for it to be whole. So when we communicate, we really have to start listening for understanding so that we can come to a resolution. Most of the times we are arguing. We try not to be hurtful. I know that story all too well. It's been many times um, where when I feel like I'm not being heard or my communication, our communication is off. Now I'm on defense and now I'm speaking to hurt. And we really need to move out of that for healthy relationships. For her, like relationships, not just marriage, but healthy relationships, because we take those relationships and somehow we end up in marriage with that shit. I don't even understand, but uh, we really want to learn how to communicate um, and listen to what they have to say. Um, the second part of that, in terms of better communication, this one is a little more particular to us as not us as female, but put like partial to the male, if you will. Um, we really have to try to understand the male mind. <laughs> like I thought we was complicated. Uh, men's mind is a little more complex than maybe one originally thought. So this brings me back to, I feel like the whole cheating situation. When we start understanding the male mind and the male perspective and sometimes they don't even understand it so some things are going to be unexplainable but I think when we really start understanding how they think why they think the way that they do why they're protective beings why their ego is so small but yet you know it's so small and so fragile but yet so big on the outside like why they operate the way that they do then it really, really helps to understand some things. Like I think, I think it's been so beneficial for me and my husband that he gives me like little insight and give me like a little bit of uh, a man's game, if you will. But I don't use it against him, if you will. It helps me to be like, wow. Okay. So like I pick his brain with it and really be like, okay, Wow, I didn't know that. So then how I move with him, in addition to, like I said, trying to just communicate effectively, it all has helped. You get what I'm saying? But if I didn't if I didn't grow to sort of understand him, then I think that like the relationship wouldn't be as as great as it is because it's just a situation where we just kind of like um, just the norm. You know, the arguments, the the deep arguments, the hurtful arguments, the, you know, things like that. But I think we really have to start understanding what really 
comprises a male. In addition to the fact, too, I think another plus to um, help in communication is it's so many levels of communication. But really, another thing I just want to throw in there that just came to me is love language. If you have not read the five love languages, I urge you to get it. I didn't read it in its entirety, but I read enough that it was life changing, that my love language is acts of service and kind of gifts. Right. His love language is like time and words of affirmation. I don't even think time is one of them, but uh, it might be quality time or something like that. Um, And. Uh, words of affirmation. He needs words to sort of, that's what he thrives off of. Off of. So I'm, that helps me communicate with him. So when he is maybe frustrated about something or frustrated that we didn't get the time for most people, right? When your spouse is frustrated because they didn't get time with you, you like, man, I was busy, right? But the reality is it's deeper because guess what? His love language is quality time. So what what seems so minute to you is so big to him. And it, it doesn't seem like it would be in a way of communication, but it really is. It really is because now he's feeling neglected. Right. And yet you still over here like he tripping and I have stuff to do. Right. Hell, I'm speaking from experience, no lie. You know, no lie. It took me a long time to understand that about my husband. And so I moved different because of that. And it helps so much. And now he moves different too because he knows that I like acts of service. My my core and deepest desire is to help people. And so those types of things um, speak to me, speak volumes to me. And I'm really starting to learn that and understand that and love it. You get what I'm saying? But it really has helped us communicate on such a deeper level. Like, it, it, it's, it's deeper than rap, y'all. Like, for real. And I really, for the longest, have wanted to share um, just what works for us. Now, I know that it won't work for everybody. But, again, don't knock it till you try it. Don't sit miserable in a relationship over something you can do something about. And, and personally, I feel like leaving is not always the option. Leaving is not always the out because guess what? You take those same traits into another relationship and you, and then in that relationship, the stuff from the previous relationship that you kept buried or that you never addressed becomes unearthed, right? And that's all that stuff is dug up. So I just feel like if you're going to be there, hell, at least do something about it. Now, I'm also understanding too that sometimes we feel like it should be a two-way street. And sometimes it is. Sometimes it's better when both of you are moving, but sometimes it's not going to be like that. And so when it's not like that, then sometimes you may have to be the bigger person, particularly in marriage. Um, this is very sensitive in marriage, actually. 
you have to move first and maybe just maybe your spouse will follow suit. We don't sometimes we don't want to do that because we're so stubborn. We are so stubborn as people. I'm not even speaking particularly to women. We as people are so stubborn that we don't want to crack the code as to what works. Right. We're a society that says just go. Just go. Like, yeah, that's cool. Just, yeah, divorce. Just just divorce. But it's like, why? Why? When you could just add your flour and it'll complete your pie again. But you got to go out and get the flour and you got to make sure it's extra refined for this particular recipe, but go get it. Don't wait. Don't wait. Or don't throw the whole pie away. For what? For you to go into another, uh, get another recipe, meaning somebody else. And hell, you was just missing one ingredient from the last relationship. Now, this nigga ain't even got two ingredients. And not even capable of going to get you the whole rest of the pie. So, I think we really have to keep those things in mind and trying to save relationships and communicate. Communication is key. I think it, it you know, we hear that oftentimes, but um, or we hear that a lot and we just kind of say it in passing and don't really understand um, the magnitude of it, especially in a relationship. So, you know, um, again, that was long and drawn out, but uh, there was a moral to the story. I hope you got it. Okay. Uh, now, I have been thinking about this, particularly, um, I wouldn't say since Nip passed, but um, kind of since, since he passed, just kind of uh, looking at things differently. I think Nip got everybody moving differently. And thinking differently. And I think that was his purpose. Um, We seem so heartbroken that he's gone. But um, I think there was purpose in his passing. Um, So it brings me to think about like church. And that so many people are still in this day and age um, discouraged by church. Because, and there's nothing wrong with it. You know, don't get me wrong. Nothing wrong with watching John Gray and Joel Osteen and all of these online people who are so impactful. Um, I love John Gray myself. Um, Bishop Noel Jones, like, you know, you have all of those avenues uh, that sort of deter us from actually being in the house of the Lord. Um, And then it so it had made me think like, why are people so discouraged by going to church? Um, And I think, the very first reason that most people don't go to church is they talk about money. Like, oh, they just money hungry. But here's a thought. Church is not about money, right? Like you're going for you, right? And for you to get God's word. So why is money being a deterrent? I think that we have to get out of that mindset that Pastors are robbing churches. They are. But it's just like a homeless person on the side of the street. Once you give them your money, there's nothing you can do about it. It's like a pl- you get on a plane 
Once you get on a plane, whatever happens, happens. The plane is up in the air now. There is nothing you can do about it. So if that person is stealing, and I, I get it because you don't want to be under that leadership or that guy. Like, you don't want to be under that type of uh, person, obviously, right? But this had, like, most of us or most people that are with that mindset, it hasn't been proven that this particular church is stealing money. See, we took one person or two people or a group of people that actually stealing money and said, yes, all pastors are like that. But what if we coupled you in a group, right, and said, oh, you've always been a liar. So, or one person lied to you, so everybody is a liar. Can you imagine what your life would be like? You get what I'm saying? Like, oh, Uncle Sam, he always been taking our money. So every situation you get in, oh, no, I ain't going to pay taxes because he don't want to take money. And guess what? They're going to be on your ass, <laughs> Okay. So imagine if you took that mindset all across the board and how much you would be missing out on life or the things that you can find yourself in. So then why do we do that with church? A couple pastors or a group of pastors or a group of folks, a group of foolishness cause you to think that way about church when church really is just a place of fellowship and in and networking with other Christians or other people, whatever your, your, your religion is, your denomination, like you are fellowshipping with these group of people and praising God in that space has nothing really to do with the person. I mean, it does because you want a good word, you know, but you want to find it for your own reasons. Why are we letting money be a deterrent? Do you know that, in fact, if you look at it a different way, it's so much more beneficial to you? Like, there's, it's so much more beneficial to you. Like, you really have to do your own research. Do your own research. It's just like, yeah, you know, what nail shop you want to go to. You don't just go to any old nail shop. You go on Yelp and you do all your review or your research and you like looking at the reviews and you might go check the place out for yourself and see. And if it don't work, you say, yep, I'm not going back to that one, but maybe I'll try another one because you ain't going to not go to the nail shop. Right. So why is it that we give church that option? Why do we say "Mm, I went to that one and yep, they they was too much. So I ain't going. Well, what sense the hell does that make? Why not go and find a place that suits you so that you are getting God's word and you're able to fellowship and praise God in a space? No, you don't always need church. Church can be anywhere. My current church, in fact, is inside of a movie theater. Facts. And I love my church. I love my church. I It took me a while to get used to it because I came from another church um that was more of a mega church and while I loved it you know certain levels come with certain things right so um yeah that just didn't work for me um anymore but anyway church can be anywhere you know our church like I said is in a movie theater right now and he lists all the financials every month where we saving where we at where we spend some money all that so it's, it's places for you to do that. So the moral of the story is 
<laughs> the moral of the story is find your place. Find where you can be planted and grow. Because I tell you, there is, um, especially if you have a spiritual background, like find a place to go. And, and it's so fulfilling and so rewarding. And so it helps you think differently, you know, because we really are in a time where we have to start combating um, the evil of this world and even our own twisted and sick and wicked thoughts with God's word. That's where we need to be at. We, we like us trying to fight this battle by ourselves. It ain't working. Y'all know it ain't working. So if you have any inkling of a doubt that sits in you that you know you should be going to church and you discouraged because of some money situation or whatever you heard about this church, then reconsider, like think about that. Don't let that sit on you. Think about it. Just don't go to that church. Go to another church. And hell, go to another one until you find your place. And then if it just ain't no church out there for you, man. You know, I don't believe that. Let's just let's not even believe that and speak that. There's a place for everybody. And if that just so happens to be you where it ain't a place for you, reach out to me. I'm going to pray for you and pray that you find your place because we all need God right now. It's imperative right now at this point in time in our lives. So, yeah, you know, just thought I'd say that. And, um, you know, I hope that again. And my roundabout way of telling you, go to church. <laughs> For real. Straight like that. Um, if you're scared, go to church because a remix hurts. Somebody said that. I forgot who that was. But, yeah. Go ahead and do that. So, moving right along. Uh, you will find that I often talk about my kids, of course. Hell, I got kids. That's the whole point of this. And um, it don't come with a handbook. So, I definitely want to share any tips and Chip tips of the trade with these kids. Um, this will be very short. I'm not even gonna go into this topic deep, but um, as my children have gotten older, um, and particularly more recently, where I took my 12 year old daughter, um, it was actually our birthdays are two weeks apart, and so for her birthday, she had this big old extravaganza trip to San Diego, and um. It was awesome. So then for my birthday, I didn't really have nothing up, but Ella Mae was coming to um, Oakland here. And so she like she's been talking about concerts and, you know, she was saying like she felt like we didn't trust her enough. And so I was like, you know what, I'm taking her to this concert. And, and, then, and in that I found, wow, it's really cool just spending some alone time with my eldest daughter. So my mom kind of started this a while ago, like where she would take individual weekends with each grandchild and she got 12 grandchildren, but only I think eight, eight, let me see how many I have, four, three. So only seven live here um, locally close to her. So, but she has 12 grandchildren. And so the ones that are here locally, she would take each weekend to spend time with them and particularly the older ones. So she had been doing that a while and I thought that was kind of cool. And then when I got my taste of it and taking my daughter to the concert, I was like, wow. Like, and we had a good time. It brought us closer. Like we just, I mean, we really, I mean, that really was a turning point in our relationship um, as mother and daughter. So 
I then said, man, I really, there's something to this. And I think, um, so the next up on the, the next person up on the ballot is my oldest son. So this weekend, me and him are going to go and do something. But I really was like, this is pretty cool. And I think oftentimes when our children get older, we think or we forget that they still need us. We become some degree like we become either distant or we become helicopter parents. And you want to find like this medium or like middle ground and helicoptering is just not it. Um, Unless you just have that kind of child that needs to be watched 24-7. But you definitely don't want to go in the opposite direction and be distant. So I say, you know, I say all that to say. Say that to say. Um, don't forget about your children as they get older. They still need us. My 15-year-old is 15 and he is still, I believe, a mama's boy. I believe he is. He still comes up and hugs me. He still, you know, we look like have our commonalities in music. And like, you know, he still needs me. My 12-year-old. Like, if she could, she would come lay in a bed with me <laughs> Me and my husband, like, like she is really still like, in fact, I believe when she gets older, she's going to move like right next door to us or something like that. She's going to watch the market and find the nearest house to us and she's going to be there. So, you know, I just want us to remember that our older children need, they need um, attention, you know, they still need attention. And I think, especially if you have multiple children and you work a lot and time is scarce, you know, because I know how hard it is to be a working parent. Um, it's it's hard, you know, because you don't you, you got to make money. Um, but you also want to give them time and you want them to know that they still matter. No matter what happens in this world, no matter what's going on in this world, you tap in with them and, and stay connected to them and spend some time. It's fun. It's fun. And if you can do it, I I absolutely recommend that you do. Um, It's good. It's going to be good for your soul. It's going to be for your good for your kids. So so take some time just because they're getting older. They are still your children and you don't want them to run away from you when they're 18. Okay, so (laughs) just thought I'd share. Uh, Now will probably be the time for our pet peeve. And guess what, y'all? I don't have no pet peeve today. It ain't nothing that's bothered me since yesterday. (laughs) There's been nothing that bothers me. I'm like, cool. I mean, I did have a little issue with T-Mobile, but that wasn't no pet peeve. You know, they just who they are, right? These businesses. But no pet peeve for today, y'all. So I'm going to let y'all go. I'm going to wrap this thing up. I thank y'all for rocking with me. I truly, truly, truly appreciate it. I hope that you um, stay patient with me and ride this journey through and watch me grow. Um, I do believe that I'm going to grow exponentially. I am claiming it in Jesus name. I pray that you come into agreement with me on that and that I stay committed and therefore commitment will breed consistency. So here I am. I think I'm on like episode six. So I've been doing pretty good. I've been trying to make the best of my time. So just ask that you come in agreement with me. And um, yeah, all that works together for the greater good. I hope 
you guys have a good rest of your day. I pray that you don't let uh, negativity attach itself to you. You stay in a positive spirit because if you are here, you still got purpose. So thank y'all for rocking with me. Y'all can get in touch with me here on this site or on my Facebook page. Uh, it's actually, I'm still working on cha- <laughs> excuse me, changing the name to Long-Winded and Gifted. So as of right now, it is still under my name, which is Tamia Frost Dylan. Tamia like the singer, Frost like Frozen, and <laughs> a dash hyphen Dylan, D-I-L-L-O-N. And uh, connect with me. I would love to hear from you all. Um, And we just have a good time. So y'all be easy. Love y'all.